0: Today I'm talking to one of the people who is in my Accent Teachers Academy, her name is Margarita, and she really wanted to talk about putting the student first. So today you're going to hear about language learning at school versus later in life, how that's different uh, when we're children versus adults. There's some other thoughts around goals that we have in speaking English or whatever your second language happens to be how those learning instruments that we use for language can be also different and how your routine might affect that as well. So I'm Bianca, your personal American accent coach, and I'm here to help you master an American accent in English because your voice is your choice when it comes to how you sound. I try to release a podcast episode every two weeks. And so you should really subscribe to whatever podcast platform you use so that you don't miss the newest episode. And by the way, if you wanna see the full video of the episode, it's available at Accent Coach Bianca on YouTube. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Margarita. I see you several times a week, but it's nice because this is the first time we've been on the podcast together. So if you can just introduce yourself to everybody, that'd be fantastic.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Margarita. I'm uh, an English teacher from Russia, and I mostly teach adult students uh, who need uh, English for work and for other purposes in their lives. And Bianca suggested discussing uh, the approach I use. And Mm. I'm happy to be here. And I have a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do. That's
0: why I thought, oh, yeah, we got to get to have this discussion together and record it because we have a lot of great discussions and things that come up. And so to sit down and say, oh, let's actually take the time to press record here makes it a special opportunity for me. So thank you so much for being here. Tell me in general, I agree with you, but in your own kind of words, in your own perspective, why is it important for you? What makes you put the student first?
1: Well, I think it's more conductive to reach their goals, actually, because I've seen a lot of cases that someone needed English for work. They needed to negotiate a contract, and they tried to improve their English for this, and they were given a basic textbook, and they needed to learn something random, so something they didn't really need, and they didn't see the point of learning that stuff, and it was very demotivating for them because maybe they would be able to get to the things they needed eventually, but it would take a lot of time and maybe not everyone would make it. In my case, it also happens as a learner, not of English, but some other languages. I'm given a task and I need to talk about kinds of trees, and I'm not interested in (laughs) such things in Russian, actually. (laughs) I'm a city girl. I am not Mm -hmm. really interested in kinds of animals you meet uh, on a farm or (laughs) kinds of trees in botany. So whereas I uh, could talk
0: about that all day long. I could mm -hmm. talk about rocks and trees and lichens and mosses and bugs. I could talk about those things all day long, but that's not an interest that you would normally have. So that makes it a ridiculous exercise for you to do in a second language, Mm -hmm.
1: correct? Yeah, exactly. And there was one case when I was using my approach to practice Mandarin Chinese. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing was retelling some Russian classics to native speakers. I was okay, you just need to give me feedback and correct some mistakes. And I just uh, told them about Anna Karenina, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I looked up words, the high society, because she was uh, a woman who fell in love with someone who wasn't her husband, and then she was exiled from the high society Mm -hmm. and this girl who was helping me was, why would you need this expression? We don't have a high society anymore, especially Uh in China. Uh And I was like, okay, I need this expression to tell about the book. So for me, it was important for her and uh, logically she was maybe able to talk about more basic words, pen, eraser, table, (laughs) and I was was, now I want to talk about uh, high society and uh, Actually, it was quite useful for me when I was preparing to tell her about it because, of course, I didn't have a vocabulary. I looked uh, things up. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you know the plot of the book, there is a train at the end. And this is how I learned (laughs) the word train. And Uh it stuck because I was oh, I know the story and Mm -hmm. I can connect something to this story and I I will remember later. And uh, this is how I try to connect uh, new words and uh, grammar with what students are interested in, maybe to some things they have in their lives or some things they like to talk about, maybe Mm -hmm. some favorite books, Mm -hmm. series. And uh, I actually had one student who didn't want to talk about random things from the grammar book and he hated those examples and he didn't understand anything. But when I explained the same thing, but about money Mm. and about his boss, to mm-hmm. criticize his management's decisions, mm-hmm. it worked amazingly
0: well. So he like, lights up, probably, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. He lights up and he gets it. I know this, you know this, but a lot of people listening to this might actually be a revelation. Even though to us, it's a normal thing is to say, oh, go with what's meaningful to you, to the student. And you and I are teachers and learners of other languages. So when we have our learning hat on, we kind of drive the bus, right? And we say... Ah, I know this you teacher is not what you had in mind, and this is not what you think is traditional teaching, but this is what I know that I need. And I can see that when I put my teaching hat on. So we're in a unique position, I think, to do it and to say it out loud because a lot of people don't recognize that. So I want to reiterate, thinking about what's meaningful to you as the person who is learning can be so powerful because then you just said you light up, you really connect with the material. It's memorable, becomes much more memorable. And something you mentioned a moment ago about the stories and using that. One thing I just wanted to mention culturally. I love Russian folktales. I love the characters in a lot of these Russian folktales. The Leshy character. The it's a Grandma Witch character. Do, bo, Baba do, do, bo, uh-huh. and, uh, and there's another one that starts with a D, I think, too. Dobrynaia, something like that. Another one that I'm uh, familiar with. There is with. a knight
1: called Dobryny Nikitich. Oh,
0: that's the so, one. They okay. thinking
1: of. The, yes. bring the son of Nikita. Exactly.
0: Yes. yes. To me, these cultural folk tales that we have, they're with us from when we're children. And when you mentioned the stories, I just thought of that and I wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. I love those things. But you like you said, some people are not into that at all. So mm-hmm. figuring out what you are into as the learner and communicating that with your teacher can be really helpful because that is not what happens in school, right? When you're a child, you mm-hmm. go to school, they don't say, oh, are you really into Legos? Yet, let's use Legos for math. Wouldn't it be great if they did that for us when we were kids, Mm -hmm. for example?
1: Absolutely, but you know what? It's not possible logistically because Mm -hmm. uh, the school system we have now, it's an industrial thing because Mm -hmm. you have a lot of students. uh, You have one textbook which was made to fit all those. like The purpose of educating everyone at the same time and it's not a good fit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like buying clothes off the rack Instead of tailoring them mm-hmm. or having them mm-hmm. tailored mm-hmm. to your needs. And actually, I can say that maybe it's not as new as we think, because the way I talk to my students, trying to find out what they like, what they don't, and to have a conversation, it's very similar to what the ancient Greeks used to do. They had this model, like Socrates, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing mm-hmm. his name correctly in Socrates, English. Socrates, we like, would say, yeah, Socrates. Socrates, he had that Socratic method of having dialogues with his students. It was this exact thing. Then there is a mentor, so a teacher and a student, and they have a conversation about stuff. And they uncover some truths in the dialogue. And it's the same here. So I think it's a return of the same thing.
0: I don't know but you. I'm having a conversation with a student, but I'm secretly leading them to something Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to tease out maybe a keyword or a phrase or a verb tense from them because I have something else in mind. You're right, I didn't really think about that, how we've kind of returned back to that way of doing things. And speaking of people that are more recent too, tell me how you feel about Sir Ken Robinson. Uh, Well, I
1: totally agree that his stance on the school system, how it needs to be changed because as I said before, the current school system is something industrial, then you have the material, so like the kids, and mm-hmm. you need to mold them. You need to band them into a certain shape to mm-hmm. fit uh, the needs of the society. An earlier era than this system was formed, you had certain roles, and you would need to band you know, those people into a shape. And I think in the current society, we have more opportunities we have more rules you could fulfill and maybe you don't need to band uh, people that maybe you can mm-hmm. give them a little creative freedom and mm-hmm. you might want to interest them because mm-hmm. imagine going to school so you have to stay there against your will actually mm-hmm. your parents <laughs> the society everyone makes you come there so you don't really wanna and then mm-hmm. you're stuck there yeah, <laughs> you're, you're locked in and uh, there is some enforcer making you do stuff. You're not very interested in it. If we're talking about the carrot and the stick, it's definitely the stick. And yes. I think we can use the carrot.
0: Mm-hmm. actually. So That's what I was going to not... ask you. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, you made me think of the comparison between schools and prisons in this yeah. industrial age. Yeah. Also, you made me think of like, during pandemic, when the kids were at home with the parents, the parents suddenly just didn't know what to do, it seemed. I don't have children, but... It seemed to me the parents were like, I don't know how to to do all this work. And so schools kind of existed to get kids out of the parents' hair in a way. So you said there was this need there. There was this need to develop this kind of industrialized schooling. So here's a question for you. What do you think we need now if we don't need that industrialization? Well, I think we need
1: more flexible ways of teaching. So, mm-hmm. like, I mostly teach adults. So, yeah. I can't say that I'm an expert on teaching children, but I know that in Finland, they have more freedom for Mm -hmm. kids and they Mm -hmm. kind of ask them what do you want to do today so we have this class you can go to the cooking class or we can go to the chemistry class and there will be fun Mm -hmm. experiments there Mm -hmm. and you can kind of choose what you want to do so like someone asks you you have some agency in your life Mm -hmm. you can decide and i think it's a great thing to have
0: yeah. Especially
1: with my students who come to me as adults, oh, yes. they still expect this treatment. So, in many cases, they're surprised that uh, I asked them about what they wanted to do. So, mm. And after they recover from that surprise, they have good <laughs> answers, actually. So it might turn out to be something that they never expected. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in many cases, people come saying, oh, I need to improve my English. So, I mm-hmm. always ask them, why do you need it? Because mm-hmm. There is a small percentage of people who actually don't really need it because it's just something socially acceptable to want. When you meet someone, they ask you, oh, what are you working on at the moment? What do mm-hmm. you want to do? Do you have any plans? And maybe there are New Year's resolutions yes, and you yes. say, oh, this year I'm yeah. going to hit the gym, I'm mm-hmm. going to lose weight, mm-hmm. and I'm going to learn because English. Because that's what you're finally. supposed so, to say, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, yeah, you're right, supposed to it, say it, but yeah. then I ask them, okay, so do you have the time? Do you really want it? Why? Mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. uh, like, oh, I don't really want an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have the time. Or I'm good. So because uh, yes. sometimes they have reached a comfortable level already. So they can speak it a little. So maybe they can travel and order a cocktail. Yeah, And it's yeah. enough for them. They don't want to improve it, actually. Easy. And uh, I talk to them and I, I let them go because <laughs> <then> they... <laughs> donated and everybody's happy uh, yeah
0: yeah nobody's ever asked them so they're kind of surprised Mm -hmm. by that and if you're coming from this cultural or educational system or let's say educational culture in which you were never asked before you probably don't even think that you don't need a thing because you've been told and it reminds me of myself because um i hate running i hate running Mm -hmm. unless it's from a rabid dog or the police you'll never see me running i don't run to catch a bus nothing I hate running. Plus, I've had two surgeries on my knee. So running is no. But I feel this social pressure constantly to, I'm supposed to love to go jogging and I'm supposed to want to go running. Like, I hate running. But even still, and I know that about myself, but I still feel I'm supposed to feel like I want this thing and I need this thing and this is a good thing Mm -hmm. for me. So I can see how heavy that social pressure can be because I feel that Mm -hmm. in other ways too. People don't know. (laughs) They can benefit so much from knowing what they want. We're not from a school culture that usually embraces that. I know I was not asked, do I want to go to a cooking class when I was a child? I got some flexibility as a teenager and then in university. But even as an adult, most of us will go to the teacher and just say, okay, teach me. Oh, you drive Mm -hmm. the bus. Whereas we'll do much better when we sit down and think about our needs and our desires and our motives, too. And what else did you want to say about that? Because I know you've had a lot of experience in shifting these ideas.
1: I can tell you that even if a person uh, still says, oh, I want to learn English, there there is a reason for it. Then you start asking them, especially about themselves. Sometimes they're really lost. Maybe it's a mom who always thinks about the kids, about work, about other stuff. And you ask them, oh, what do you like to do? Or do you have a favorite color? So what's your favorite food? And they don't know because they lost themselves a little bit. Yeah, it happens a
0: lot. There's this analogy I, I used to really like. Somebody said, oh, if you always give a child a green crayon, and that's the only crayon you ever give them, and you ask them what their favorite color is. Well, of course they're going to say it's green. We've done that. We've indoctrinated them to think that way. And then we're trying to undo all of that now, which takes Mm -hmm. a lot of work, a lot of work. So speaking of that, you said, why do you need English? Sometimes it's for exam prep as well or traveling and things like this. So you come across people who are able to then express those needs, right? And how Mm -hmm. does that look for you?
1: Well, I just ask them about the details because they say, oh, I want to improve my English, and then we discuss what it looks for them, what Mm -hmm. they want to do. And uh, I need specific uh, examples of what they maybe like to do in English, because Mm -hmm. they can say, oh, I want to be fluent. What do you want to do fluently? Mm -hmm. Maybe there are specific topics you like to talk about, even if they don't know. If you don't articulate, there's always something. Mm -hmm. There's always something they like to do, something they like to talk about in their native language. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I try to adapt to that. So I have a lot of students who work in tech. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, those are shy guys who are not very good at uh, small talk. Maybe they Mm -hmm. don't know how to express some things. And then I ask them about what they're working on, about their setups about Mm -hmm. their computers and they light up and they're ready to talk about (laughs) that. Yeah. And I don't have to be an expert on Mm. this, but I can ask, I can ask them to clarify what's better, why uh, this setup is superior and it works miracles. Actually, you need to get them talking first, then you need to listen to them. Mm -hmm. And then you can find maybe some grammar mistakes, maybe some words they don't know. And they ask you, oh, how do I say this in English? And then we can get going starting from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I noticed that very few people will come to people these days, to teachers, to coaches, and realize, hey, it's my job to talk here. Let me think of some Mm -hmm. topics to talk. And we have to kind of go fishing and tease it out of them. I literally ask people, hey, what are you most passionate about? And something I realized just now when you were speaking was that I myself, don't always volunteer information, not because I'm shy, but because I'm not used to people asking me all about the things. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes actually I'm a little bit put off. When somebody asks too much about me and digs into my personal life, I'm a bit creepy, right? In, in a normal circumstance, you go out with somebody and somebody's really asking you about all the things. Whoa, that's a bit too much. That's a, that's a little bit too close of a relationship. So maybe we're not used to volunteering that kind of information, but once you kind of crack that nut open, All these things come out and I feel like, I don't know if you've had this experience, I feel like it it instantly bonds you to that client, to that Mm -hmm. person, to that student, because you suddenly know all about them and what they love. And you're able then to help them immediately. So I feel like it also creates an amazing kind of bond between the right people, right? If you don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with this person, you'll know right away. But if they can get you talking and you respond with all those things you're passionate about, usually that indicates to me that it's a really good fit and you're going to really work well with this person. And also you're thinking about, too, their style, right? You're noticing, I think, at least when they're talking, oh, how do they talk about these things? What kind of a learner Are they, if we kind of use that, that VARC model, which I love, Mm -hmm. by the way, I'm super kinesthetic, for example, and a lot of my teachers never realized that. And it wasn't until I was in university that I took this VARC quiz to find out my Mm -hmm. styles or my preferences or my abilities that I realized, oh, that's why I did this way. And that's why I did this way. So what have you noticed about your students learning styles? Because I bet that's new for some people as well.
1: Well, I can say that everyone's different. So that model uh, shouldn't be taken literally because, okay, everyone can learn from all of those things Mm. by listening, by watching something done or by writing some notes. Yeah, it, it can work to an extent. But mm-hmm. For some people it works better, for some people it works worse, and they can have preferences. And mm-hmm. since I work with adult learners, they went to school, usually to the university too. They learned something in their life, so they probably know what worked in the past and what didn't. Uh, even mm-hmm. if they're not talking about uh, language learning, maybe they learned some other subjects at a medical school or If we're talking about my tech guys, they always need to learn something new because Mm. uh, in this area, new things come out all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they know and they can tell you if they hate some way of learning (laughs) because I have an example. So usually my students love watching videos. After doing the needs analysis and getting to know them. I kind of have an idea of what kinds of videos they might like. Sometimes it's good news or some videos about stars, you know, like Oak Mm -hmm. does those 73 questions or what's in my bag. Mm -hmm. And usually it's very useful because they show stuff where there is a channel called The Great Big Story, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken. And those are quite Mm -hmm. short Mm -hmm. and they are amazing. And oh, we can find out how people drink tea in different Mm -hmm. countries Mm -hmm. and I used that video with tens of dozens of students, and mm-hmm. then I came across a guy so, who wasn't very motivated in the first place because his wife was and <laughs> is my student, and she <laughs> kind of made him come to those classes, first of all. He wasn't very interested in himself, and then I sent him a video, and he threw a tantrum. A guy in his 40s, uh-huh. so a senior specialist in tech. Uh And he hates watching videos. He told me that he couldn't learn from this because he couldn't force himself Mm -hmm. to watch because he likes to read. Mm -hmm. He likes to read the stuff he likes because Mm -hmm. I tried sending him articles and I thought it would work. So I tried to find some news from his area and he wasn't interested. But then I said, okay, you do it. So Mm -hmm. you can bring materials concerning your work. And also he reads some comic books, and mm. he sends me some materials that he came across
0: with. Hold on. I'm going to pause here to review what happened so that people kind of understand, because we're teachers, but somebody listening might not be. Okay. So, wife, force? Yes. I don't know if that's too strong a word. Yes. Makes <laughs> Makes husband go to take these English classes. So, first of all, you have this unwilling participant. So, mm-hmm. he's already in that mentality of being a little bit maybe contrary. Maybe there's some dynamics there that are already Mm -hmm. kind of being triggered right comes in from a different system as well clearly you're trying to be helpful by providing materials because he's a bit reluctant so this is what i think is amazing he then tells you he says no this is not my style and he says no this is not material that gets me going so I, i wanted to just pause there and tell people that those can be really uncomfortable conversations with teachers, with students to get them to drive the bus. Right. And Mm -hmm. this got provoked in this person that didn't really want to be there in the first place. So the fact that came about and you were able to turn it around, I think is really amazing. And you said, oh, this isn't working for you. Great. Tell me what Mm it is. He knew he already knew. Some people don't know. And that's a hard place to be. But he knew and he was able to say that. And After that, I'm sure things got better. So I just wanted to pause there and tell everybody that, yes, even though it's an uncomfortable thing to bring up and say, oh, you know, your approach isn't working for me. Some students might think or clients might think, oh, that's the way this teacher is. Eh, this teacher isn't right for me. But pause for a second. Hold on and have a conversation with the teacher because they might just be doing things simply because you're not and they don't know Mm -hmm. what your preferences are. So I just wanted to pause there and say, well, wow, this sounds like a story has a happy ending. <laughs> and that not all students are going to be as forward as that. And to please, if you are a person who is taking a class or getting coaching, be forward with those things whenever you notice them, because your whole experience is going to be better. And we try to do that. We can always change and use a different modal, or we can do different modes together. So remember that if you like a coach or a teacher, but something's not working, have a conversation. About that.
1: Absolutely. And I can tell you that I'm a difficult student myself mm-hmm. because I'm currently learning Mandarin Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I had an unfortunate experience with a girl. So she's a Russian teacher who mm-hmm. teaches Chinese. And we actually had those conversations and turned out she thinks uh, that given positive feedback is a waste of time. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? It's like my <laughs> core value. So you uh-huh. need to make your students feel comfortable, Uh uh, for sure, since she usually does exam prep, she has time constraints. So she has no time for this, and she's very Mm -hmm. (laughs) stick-oriented, and I have all the time in the world, because I'm not doing it for an exam, I'm doing it for myself, so I had the talk with her, we got that it's not the right fit, and what I did was find some native speakers, Mm -hmm. And I told them, so there is uh, a a list of things I like and I need recommendations Mm -hmm. of good series, books, memes, and they were happy to provide. So I made some friends who uh, recommend things because there are movie premieres, there are interesting news, and they send some links my way. Mm -hmm,
0: And I made
1: mm -hmm. uh, that comprehensible input for myself. I have uh, points of contact with the language. And then I find out stuff and I try to talk about it. So, Mm -hmm. for example, Mm -hmm. if there's a series which was recommended, I watch it. Maybe I don't understand everything. I use subtitles, but uh, I know the characters. I uh, can hear some familiar words, some expressions. And then I try to uh, express my point of view. And this is what I encourage my students to do. So, okay, Mm -hmm. for example, there's a love triangle in the series, and I have opinions why the main character should have married the other guy. And there's a (laughs) list of things I got to say. mm -hmm. And actually it even works if you watch something in your native language, but you have opinions. Mm. It's the most important part. And I used this trick with some of my students who were very busy, who had no time for homework, who had no time to watch anything in English. Mm. I was like, okay, so tell me, what was it about? Who was the main character? What were they like? and what happened, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. they get going, Mm. they have opinions, Mm -hmm. and it works well, and I can get a lot of interesting things out of Mm. them, Mm -hmm. so a lot of emergent language, and also, if there is some grammar went through earlier, Mm -hmm. I can uh, encourage them to use it, for example, Mm. conditionals are great for this. Mm -hmm. If you were that character, what would
0: you do? Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about routine in a minute, but how you can see somebody Mm -hmm. is kind of skills, abilities, desires, and then couple that with their routine. I wanted to back Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. a second. This coach that you had for Mandarin, did you end up saying goodbye to this person? I I, I didn't quite catch that.
1: Uh, Well, uh, yeah, yeah. it wasn't the main reason
0: why I said goodbye to her, Mm -hmm. just that she
1: didn't really have the time for building a routine. And I needed a stable input and I needed yeah. to have classes every week and she couldn't provide that. And she okay. took a break for a month and mm-hmm. then she was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm back. And I, I wasn't interested anymore. Yeah. So there is a um, mixed situation, uh-huh. but uh-huh. Uh, uh, maybe one of the reasons was that, because I wanted to try another approach to yeah. that. So we could have worked with that. So there is a thing called asynchronous learning. So, which I ended up doing with the people from China because Mm -hmm. they have quite a time difference. Mm -hmm. So we exchange messages and Mm -hmm. audios. Mm -hmm. So I just end up uh, talking about my day or maybe about my opinions or something Watch the series or my book reviews or Mm -hmm. anything like that. So some Mm -hmm. random stuff in Mandarin Mm -hmm. and I make a recording and I send that to that person, but In this case, you need to have some kind of a report, that person, you have Mm -hmm. to like, Mm -hmm. because I've tried it a few times in different capacities, uh, learning different skills, but I think the crucial thing here is that you have to like them. When I tried to set it up with that person, I kept remembering her words about how positive feedback wasn't necessary. And I was like, oh no, oh no.
0: (laughs) And I think we're in a unique position because we're both teachers. We know a lot about learning and teaching. We know a lot about both sides. And you can very clearly state, hey, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is how I work. Can you give me that? And if Uh that person's style doesn't match or they're unwilling to Uh kind of try something that you've said very specifically, this is what I want to do, Uh then, yeah, it's, it's also another difficult conversation. But I still think it should be a conversation, even when you're going to say goodbye to somebody. It's to make it a conversation. Sometimes people just drop off the planet and you don't know Mm -hmm. what happened to them. But I think that comes from a place of them being uncomfortable with these things. And to me, even if we're not going to work together, I'd like to know that you're going to be happy Mm -hmm. somewhere else. I'd like to, if you need it, I'd like to recommend some other people that might fit with you better. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of teachers know a lot of other teachers and you can steer them with Mm -hmm. somebody that might work better for them. And I think that some people... That discomfort keeps them from talking to the person. I think having a good fit and liking the person makes a lot of those more challenging things, maybe in your case, asynchronous work, makes it easier, right, in that way. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind is you might have the right person, but the wrong method, right? You might have that good teachers, hopefully, will recommend somebody else in case it doesn't work Mm -hmm. out. And all of this can be a conversation. The last thing I think you mentioned, since we're both teachers, we know about learning. But a lot of people don't know about learning. So maybe Mm -hmm. think about this, people listening to this right now. If you are learning a second language or third or fourth or whatever language, and you probably don't or could know more, you could probably know a little bit more about learning and about how you could become a better learner and how you could drive the bus better with any teacher or coach that you might have. So consider this. Consider Getting coached a little bit on learning. I think this is super important today, especially now with all the AI tools that we have and things that we're becoming much more independent learners, but nobody has taught us how to be independent learners, right? So I I feel like it's our job, and you might disagree with me, but our job as teachers and coaches is to empower people in how. All these things work. You're throwing out a lot of terms. So when you go in to a teacher, I'd be intimidated too, probably. If I had somebody like you walk in and tell me exactly what I need, but then I'd be like, phew, this girl knows what she needs. I'm going to give it right to her if that's in my ability. And that would be a really good fit. But I know that's not true for other people. So, nah knowing all those things, it's not something we can expect from other people or students or clients. So I think that's going to get better through time. But I I try to facilitate that quite a bit because they mm-hmm. may not even realize, hey, did you remember when you were in school? Wasn't that kind of like a prison? <laughs> Didn't you hate every day yeah. of your learning experience? And and a lot of people just take it for granted. And now is the time to kind of get better at thinking about those things, at least. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I want to say that uh... Sometimes I get students who are traumatized by Mm -hmm. their school experience. And I remember having uh, an older student who was, uh, I think, in her 60s or something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, who told me tearfully that uh, she wasn't any good at English. Because 50 years ago, her teacher at school yelled at her and humiliated her and told her she would never be able to. English and she kind of carried it with her for all this time and I was horrified by this and uh, I was shocked by uh, the teacher's behavior and I mean we really need to think about what we do and how to talk to people in this vulnerable state Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't traumatize them like yeah, this, yeah. so maybe that, that's why that comment about not praising people, not <laughs> even <them> positive feedback, hit me this because uh, I always try to create those situations of small wins. So, even if you're just starting out, I, I try to make them comfortable, make my students tell about themselves, about things they like, and then I always praise them if mm-hmm. they manage to do so. And I'm okay, so. Like we've been speaking for five minutes in English without translating into Russian. Can you see this? It's a win. that's amazing. And also I try to give them some tasks related to what they like to do, what they need to do. And they really uh, get excited about being able to speak about things they like, or Mm -hmm. being able to do uh, small things. Maybe they can answer an email Mm -hmm. in English for work, or I remember there was a girl who got a phone call at work, and there was a person from Finland speaking English, and they just needed to leave a message and she managed to write the message down and uh, give it to her boss later and it was a huge win for sure because Mm -hmm. it was really working it was helping her or now i have a student who is uh, in serbia and mm -hmm. she went to watch uh, the barbie movie Mm -hmm. yesterday and Mm -hmm. she posted on her stories that uh, she was able to get some of that so not Mm -hmm. only words but mm-hmm. whole sentences now. And I was so happy for her because she could see things happening or the same girl managed to order something mm-hmm. at the restaurant mm-hmm. or have simple
0: talks. And said it was a huge success for her. It's the little things. And also it's the feelings that we get from mm-hmm. that, that pleasure, that pride, from accomplishing a task that we wanted to do. We're just catching a little bit more. How you're describing it, it to me, is now how we should be thinking about learning, because you and mm-hmm. I, we learned in the past and the methods in the past, and now we're trying to shape how we learn, how we teach, how other people think about their learning too, all, all at the same time, right? It's not just language, but so much more. And a common question that I'm asked, which it's like nails on a chalkboard for me, is how long will this take? You have to say, well, how long is this gonna take? And that's such a complex question, to me, I mm-hmm. bet you have feelings around this question, too. How much time does yeah. it take to learn?
1: A while, let's say. So, like, it's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes people come and they say, oh, I have the A1 level and I need to have B2 in two weeks. So, can we make it? So, mm-hmm. And <laughs> the answer is no. There are people who heard something about learning in their sleep and they're like, okay, so can you like, mm-hmm. make a recording for me, which I could uh, sleep to? no, it it doesn't work too. You need to really uh, engage your brain because unfortunately, no one can do it for you. Mm -hmm. There are some calculations. They're not precise, but it takes around uh, 200 uh, hours of concentrated learning to go from one level to the next one. Mm And some people come and say, oh, I've been learning English for 10 years now. Okay, but let's calculate the actual time of learning. Like when Mm you were reading a book. Mm. than you were speaking English, and yeah. uh, in many cases, uh, it comes down to minutes, not even hours mm. of learning mm-hmm. like in those much of ten that was years.
0: And like extensive in the background, how much of that was very intensive work? Yeah, work. I think you and you know, I last week we were talking about. We mentioned the Matrix, right? We were saying like, until mm-hmm. such time as we can just plug in the language and then download it all into our brains. We still have to make a lot of concerted effort to do that. And those are the minutes that really count. There's a place for extensive stuff and intensive stuff too. I get clients all the time who say, oh, I've lived in Canada for 20 years or Mm -hmm. I've lived in the US already 10 years and I'm still not speaking. I have the same thing. I've lived in Mexico now for about six years and I can say that my language level is not where I would like it to be. But again, mm-hmm. it's time, right? It comes down to time. I'm teaching all day. I'm thinking a lot in English. Unless I'm going to the butcher shop or to buy some fruits and vegetables from this local place, then I have not made enough space and time for this as I could. Mm-hmm. So I know that. And I know that other people have lives, too. So how, how do you talk about that with your clients?
1: Well, so first of all, I tell them what I told you about at least 200 hours per level, and also there is a, a little table, which I show them. Mm. Uh, and I ask them what their goals are, how quickly they want to learn, because, okay, we can meet every word date, so five times a week, mm-hmm. or we can meet less frequently, so, mm. and it really depends how much time do you have, what can you do? Actually, I think it's very important to include language learning into mm. your routine, because in many cases, if uh, my students are active on social media, I ask them to tell me about what they like to watch in their free time, Mm. So, what kinds of subscriptions they have on Instagram even. Mm -hmm. And usually we can find the same thing, but in their target language. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone likes watching traveling shows on YouTube, and I'm certain there is the same thing but in their target language. Mm -hmm. Or makeup videos are very useful. I remember when I was learning French and I couldn't get a certain topic. Mm -hmm. I finally got it watching a makeup video because there was this verb form and Mm -hmm. the girl was uh, blending her makeup and she said, oh, it has to be very well blended. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is how you use it. (laughs) This is the form I was struggling with. And now Mm -hmm. it made sense because there was a situation I was Mm -hmm. invested in your makeup routine and Mm -hmm. it finally clicked. You you can just make it uh, less painful Mm -hmm. to allocate the time to Mm -hmm. language learning if you just find useful things. And the language you're learning becomes an instrument. It's Mm -hmm. not the final Mm -hmm. goal. Mm -hmm. It's an instrument to get to the thing you like. So, the desired result. So, returning to that guy who was forced into language learning by Mm -hmm. his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, His wife is also in tech, and she's a scrum master, and she reads scrum guides because there are a lot of materials about how you should organize this or that, and they're all mostly in English. Mm -hmm. And she reads those articles, those guides for our lessons, and then she retells Those things, and I love how she kind of translates, but not into Russian, but into what she has to do. She's Mm -hmm. thinking about uh, what she has to do, and uh, it kind of helps her uh, at her work. So she's uh, um, creating a solution Mm -hmm. for uh, this thing she's uh, invested in. Mm -hmm. And she uses English for that. And I'm there to just help her with something she can't translate or to Mm -hmm. give her feedback. And Mm -hmm. it's very enjoyable for her Mm -hmm. because Mm she can see the value. She Mm -hmm. can see how it works, how it improves her life. You've gotten Uh, into her
0: brain. You know how she thinks. You know how she works. You know what she likes. Yeah. So you're just Mm -hmm. there to kind of correct her and guide her Mm -hmm. in kind of sitting on her shoulder. And mm-hmm. when you're not there, she might even be able to imagine you, oh, what would Margaret to say right now? What? And you're mm-hmm. kind of always there then because you created a situation which is very realistic for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's important. We said meaningful, memorable, realistic, right? All of these things. And I just wanted to say two things. Number one, you were talking about the husband who had this external kind of motivation. And that's never Mm going to work as much as well. Mm -hmm. It's never going to work as well as an internal kind of motivation. So once he was able to find that, I'm sure the switch just kind of flipped and he did so much better once he realized that. So internal intrinsic motivation is 100 times better than extrinsic motivation. And that I want to do a little plug here for our Discord uh, channel, because William, the moderator, he started the same way for him. I think it was basketball. He was really into the NBA, right? American basketball. And so he ended up loving English, even though he took it in school and hated it. And then he kind of found this love of language through the sport that he already loved. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's a learning enthusiast. He's an accent enthusiast. He's our moderator on Discord because we are on Discord quite often. And I wanted to tell other people, too, that this is a place where everybody can come and kind of talk about these things if you're interested in. It. And also, I wanted to say that because Discord, if you don't know, the app already has tons of other servers. For example, if I were William and if I were really into basketball, then I would find a server in English about what I liked, right? You could easily find a server about makeup in English. So that's just 10x in your practice based on what you said which is look at what you already like where can this fit in your schedule if you say you don't have time well guess what you're already doing stuff that you can just do in english and then talk about it and and make it a lot more effective in that way
1: yeah yeah absolutely i can tell you about uh, my own experience when i was uh, a teenager i was really into harry potter Mm. and i got into the fandom Mm-hmm. And uh, I had opinions too. So I was like, okay, what do you mean? That Draco Malfoy doesn't marry Hermione Granger. So they have to be together. So, mm-hmm. and there were other people who were ready to discuss. And uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. Yes. And it's actually brought a lot of material
0: kind of saw how the language was spoken yes yes yeah these are in your hand. hobbies right you're doing the same hobbies you would normally do but in the other language you just made me yeah. realize that i'm my one of my hobbies is archery and only because one of my friends here in mexico her husband is number four or something in all of latin america he's a really good archer and she said oh do you want to come one day and i was like oh this is really cool so i started getting into it but they're bilingual so we were always speaking in english but you just made me realize, hello. I need to have them do our archery time in Spanish, at least. So that's another way that I can work on my Spanish. So you just made me realize mm-hmm. that something I tell people, I do it in some areas, but not always. We can really do more code switching in our language. And it's not about the vocabulary of archery, which is not very transferable, but it's about mm-hmm. the practice, right? It's about having that exposure and things like that. So mm-hmm. if we're doing our hobbies in English, tell me how you feel about the H word, homework.
1: Well. I think it's optional because I know a lot of teachers who say, okay, so you have to do what I tell you to do. If you don't, let's call it quits. So Mm -hmm. they have a very particular view of what has to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not uh, um, very nice to the Mm -hmm. students because Mm -hmm. uh, I return to that table of how many hours it will take them and I show it again. Okay. So I assure. You have no time to do something extra. So it's okay if you don't, but it will take longer. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh,
1: sometimes I had situations when initially the person agreed to having some homework and then they didn't do it. I told them, okay, let's do it together. So Mm -hmm. it's not a a big deal because they were kind of embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. uh, But life happens. Maybe Mm -hmm. they really didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't a priority at the time so I just adapt to that and I don't force yeah uh, into no skin off my nose
0: life life happens as you said some people have this embarrassment probably from school days where you're chastised for not doing a thing outside some kind of assignment or task that you were supposed to complete but really we're just trying to work with you and where you're at right Mm -hmm. now and If you tell me you have a certain number of hours and you tell me that you have time for this, okay, I'll give you something to do. But if you don't end up doing it, it's just going to set you back a little bit. And Mm -hmm. that's fine too. But you said the whole idea of feeling shame or something like that and Mm -hmm. wanting to call it quits, that's probably not necessary, but we've felt that too. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I usually ask people, do you want a five minute activity? Do you want to do one hour on the weekend? One of the first things Mm -hmm. I say is everything we've talked about. What are you passionate about? What's your daily routine already? How is this going to fit into your life? What are your goals? What are your motivations? All of these are the primary things you want to know about somebody. And to me, the worst thing is not, oh, teacher, I didn't do my homework. Shame, shame, shame. No. To me, the worst thing is if I have somebody who has time on their hands and I see them next time and they say, I had time, but I had nothing to do. Oh, that would crush Mm me. I want to give you more then you might have time for, but I don't expect you to do all of that, but I want to give you options. That's kind of Mm -hmm. how I operate. And like you said, maybe that's just, oh, you're on social media. Oh, just flip it, switch, go to the English one and just use that as a bit of extra time intensively if you can, extensively if you can't, because like Mm -hmm. you said, there are habits. So what do you think about linking new habits to old habits and how that kind of transformation can occur?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there is always some time you could use for language learning. So, for example, you're commuting to work and uh, you could use some flashcards on your phone. Maybe uh, you could play with the owl on Duolingo or uh, you could listen to uh, a podcast or mm. uh, something like that. You know, the thing is, in many cases, people don't know what to say in English. Mm. But I have some tricks I use. So if the students are active on social media, I follow them. And I specifically ask to maybe translate their post Mm. or to tell me about the situation they described later. So there were some stories which I'd like to discuss with you. So what Mm. happened? I saw you went shopping. What about the dress? Was it expensive? Or, (laughs) oh, this happened. Tell me Mm -hmm. more about it. Mm. And it's very effective. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it could work because usually people have stuff happen to them. So Mm -hmm. even if they had no time for English, something else happened and you can ask what happened. Oh, okay. I haven't done my homework. I was busy. Oh, what did you do? What did you do instead? Mm -hmm. So I have a student from my city who is a huge theater lover. She goes to a different performances every weekend. And we decided that Monday is the day that she kind of gives me reviews. She tells me about what she watched, how it was, if the actors were good or not, mm-hmm. if she recommends it or not. And it's amazing because I get recommendations, <laughs> actually, even for myself. It's very useful. <laughs> and uh, I ask genuine questions mm-hmm. and I write that stuff down so maybe <laughs> I reviews. can go there later so yeah maybe some exhibitions movie recommendations Mm -hmm. maybe some funny videos on youtube whatever they were doing so usually it's something useful to know
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: useful to tell about for them Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: in their lives realistically they're more likely to talk about those things than some others from the textbook which are Um, not so interesting to them
0: absolutely this brings it back around to what we originally were talking about which is the fact that we have this book, but it's got a structure. It's for the masses. for this industrialized kind of learning. But what we want to do is we want to personalize people's learning to make it the most effective for them. Because here's a woman, for example, that you said it goes to the theater. Probably what she really wants to talk about with other people is the theater. And she wants to talk about how she feels about the reviews. And she wants to make recommendations or tell people, "Ooh, that acting wasn't so great in that one. Maybe mm-hmm. you should go to this other show. So That gets right to the heart of what she needs. Of course, you're going to cover all of those things that are in the book, all the verb tenses, Mm -hmm. all those things, the prepositions, phrasal verbs, all that stuff. But you're going to do it in a way that's more natural and more meaningful and memorable to that person. Right. And to me, that's Mm -hmm. what learning is about these days. It's not about going through the book and checking the answers in the back and things like that. It's about how can I do life? in another language. Because we all have the same needs, right? We all want some entertainment. We all have to work. We all have to make friends and take care of our health and things like that. But how can I do all that stuff, but just through a different lens, in a different mentality, in a different way of expressing it, either to other people or in my own head? This is the heart of how we need to Mm -hmm. look at things as the teacher or coach and also as the learner. Because nowadays, I think that this is the style of where our learning is going, is to be more autodidactic, right? To know more about yourself, your needs, your desires, and to communicate that more with an experienced guide, let's say, somebody like you or I, and have those conversations, which might be uncomfortable at times, but which is going to get us both to where we want to be.
1: Absolutely. And I know sometimes I consult friends, acquaintances, maybe people who are not ready to uh, pay for lessons, but they ask me, how can I learn the language? And I can Mm. give you all the tools for this. I can recommend uh, sites, so what to watch, what to read, and then uh, where to find native speakers to Mm -hmm. practice. It's a bit harder because, okay, that native speaker has to be told what to do, what uh, specifically you'd like to discuss. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not always ready uh, Mm -hmm. to do so, but Mm -hmm. in general, this is what I do. And I just Mm -hmm. tell people (laughs) about it. When I was learning Spanish more actively, I also did this, so I had this exchange set up with a woman from Mexico, actually. Mm-hmm. And I just watched The Money Heist, if you know the series yeah. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about a bank. Yeah. And
0: yeah, I... it was in I... European Spanish, right? When I watched it, the only op- op- option available was European Spanish, not Latin American Spanish. And so mm-hmm. when I was watching it in Mexico, to me, I thought, wow, there's so many vocabulary words here and their style of speaking. For me, it was an exercise of picking out all those little things, because at the time, anyways, Mm -hmm. Netflix didn't have the option of a Latin American Mm -hmm. translation or, well, captioning, Mm -hmm. dubbing, I guess, in that. So so that must have been interesting, too, then, for you.
1: Yeah, so and uh, (laughs) I I learned a lot of bad words from them, too, (laughs)
0: because they were swearing all the time she asked me not to use that kind of language yeah or often the swearing is very different in the different dialects in spanish so that's something you notice let's say you're really angry and you want to use one of those words but then you did it completely wrong because you didn't know and then everything falls apart right you're trying to tell somebody off or defend yourself or something like that and then it doesn't work that's important too these are all needs and what you're describing as how you're approaching it i think is really important. Not everybody has the same tools that we have because not everybody is a teacher Mm -hmm. or a coach. But the main thing that I want to come back to is putting the student first. Not all teachers Mm -hmm. and coaches do that. They don't put the student first. But also, if you're out there and you're listening to this, if you are the learner, you have to remember to put yourself first, right? For us, that's a bit Mm -hmm. easier because we've seen it from both sides. We know how to do that. We want to help you in knowing how to put yourself first, even if it's not with us, if it, even if it's with some other teacher or coach, right? But knowing how to put yourself first and advocate for that and understanding that is going to make you a much more effective learner in any language. And it's a good life skill, I think, too, is making mm-hmm. sure that you're advocating for yourself. But if we're not used to that, it's really hard to do that. So if you were to mm-hmm. leave us with some, let's say, advice on how do I put myself first as a student? How do I start to do that? Should I think about my routine? Should I take a VARC quiz, for example? How would I start to put myself first? Well,
1: I would actually try to analyze my routine, like with my work, with all the other activities and see how much time I have. Mm-hmm. first of all, because I've had students who were overworked, burned out. And mm-hmm. there was one girl who was completely overworked and who also decided to go on a very strict diet at the time, not eating, only drinking water for like three days and working very hard and she couldn't form any new memories because her body was focused on surviving and then Mm. she had to cancel the lessons because she was in a hospital. And uh, yeah, so this is an example of what not to do. So Mm. please sleep, drink water, eat. Mm -hmm. Your brain needs sustenance. And then getting there, so starting to work with a teacher. So you could tell them about your goals, Mm -hmm. what uh, you want to do specifically, because uh, there are different ways to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And then you Mm -hmm. could uh, tell them about your previous experience, what you tried doing, what worked well, what didn't work so well, maybe try having an open mind, because uh, if there was some Uh, exercise you tried with uh, a different teacher or by yourself, maybe it's not going to be the same Mm -hmm. this teacher. Mm -hmm. I think we discussed with you how shadowing was different in the student's mind and (laughs) in the teacher's mind. (laughs) And we're using the same word, but thinking about different things. Mm. So, yeah, please uh, try it with a new teacher. But if it's still something that makes you uncomfortable, tell them. Mm -hmm. Definitely tell them if something doesn't work, Because in some situations, it's something small that can make or break Mm -hmm. (laughs) that experience. Mm -hmm. For example, I've had a conversation in a teacher's chat on Telegram. And the teacher was complaining about uh, making great games on WordWall and uh, making great interactive words, but the student not appreciating that. And Uh. for the student, the moving elements on WordWall uh, were nauseating, and for that person, it was just uncomfortable. They preferred working in another way. But I can say that nowadays we have a uh, plenty of options. Mm-hmm. We have lots and lots of ways to do stuff. So you don't have to work with something you're not uncomfortable with. You mm-hmm. can ask your mm-hmm. teacher if there is another way, because probably there is. I mean, there are still some limitations because I remember there was a student who was like, okay. I don't remember the verb forms very well, so maybe you can write more examples for me. Mm. And we had been through lots of examples and I was like, okay, what about you writing the examples, the things we learned? So, mm-hmm. And to uh, mm-hmm. was surprise and she was like, okay, no. It's like going to the gym yeah. and telling your trainer to do some push-ups. <laughs> oh, my arms are a bit thin. Uh, maybe uh-huh. you could do some push-ups. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: an awesome analogy.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: at the end of the day, it's still your responsibility to Mm -hmm, do mm -hmm. stuff, but Mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable with the way those exercises are organized, you can tell your
0: teacher and probably Mm -hmm. they have a solution. Yes. And I think maybe that's a holdover that we need to start changing because we're using the word teacher and that evokes a classroom that evokes, I'll tell you what to do. That's why I think I use the word coach more often. But I like the word trainer, like maybe we should just say language trainer or accent trainer, yeah. because then it's like, oh, yeah, when you go to the gym, you don't expect them to do the work. You go to them because they're an expert. They can see mm-hmm. what you need and they hopefully personalize that to you. Maybe it's the idea that we're kind of stuck in the past and mm-hmm. even sometimes the words that we use for these things. So, yeah, I agree with you. You just mentioned Telegram. So I want to end by talking about our community and other communities because mm-hmm. you, you were talking about hobbies and there's communities for hobbies. And maybe that community is just a a channel on YouTube and in the comment section. Or maybe there's Mm -hmm. a more involved community. Maybe you've got a Telegram community. I know those are very big in Russia and they're growing in other places too for community. But I wanted to mention our community on Discord because this is where people like us kind of come to to nerd out and talk to other people like us. And you might be from the teaching side. You might be from the learning side about accent, about language. And that's why I created this discord specifically because it's people who are like us. And uh, so I want to actually mention that and plug it is to say that if you join our discord, you also have free office hours. So we meet once a week, if for nothing else, just to chat, like you said, talk about our hobbies and something always comes up. We're talking about basketball or whatever and then we end up talking about oh but he said this and do you use this and i'll say no my grandmother used to say that but nobody says that anymore and we'll just get these things that pop up naturally and that's i think how it should be so i wanted to say join a community For your hobby for sure but also one that also incorporates language and if you're really into it then join our discord it's called master an american accent and you'll get a free office hour every week where you can come and meet margarita you can come and meet me you can come and meet william the moderator who we were just talking about too we're all really into this stuff and i wanted to add at the very end i wanted to ask you if there's anything that people can do to connect with you specifically because obviously You're an amazing teacher, and people can find you and talk to you more about this. Where can they find you?
1: Okay, so I have a small Instagram page, so you can message me on Instagram. I think we will add the link here. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes
0: for sure, in the description. And
1: I've been thinking about creating a Telegram channel, so maybe that's the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> like after Maybe this is in making the this video. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this be yeah, hit me up on, on Telegram. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Good
1: thought. Feel free to contact me. I'm happy to talk about language
0: learning uh, anytime. We love talking about this stuff. Feel free to message Marguerite on our Instagram. The link will be in the show notes and interact with her in our stories and, and things like that. Help to push this kind of thinking out there. And also, if you want to meet us in person, then join our Discord and you'll get to see us at least once a week. So yeah, any final thoughts that you wanted to add?
1: So my main thought is we shouldn't be afraid of language learning. It it doesn't have to be painful. It can be fun. So, like, Mm -hmm. it uh, can Mm -hmm. be amazing and it can help you meet amazing people Mm -hmm. like Bianca here. Mm -hmm. So, she's great. And, yeah, making new friends, using the language as a tool to get to your goals. Maybe you're a fan of cooking and you Mm -hmm. could get some new recipes from there. Maybe you can Mm -hmm. get new ideas because I remember getting tons of new hobbies or tons of great book recommendations, which don't exist in my language, which haven't been translated yet. So lots mm-hmm. of new music, movies, I wouldn't have watched without learning a new language. And it's a whole new world every time. And mm-hmm. also memes. Mm-hmm. Like every new language unlocks a whole <laughs> lot of memes, which I love. <laughs> and it's another way to connect with uh, other people too. Mm-hmm. So you can have fun with uh, new friends. Yeah. And uh, I actually adore <laughs> this uh, thing. I, I love it so much.
0: Oh, uh, so. that's such a good point. Yeah. The very last thing we can say is it's about the people, right? This communication, mm-hmm. this language thing. It's about how we think about things. It's about connecting with other people and, and how we can do that. You're so right because if somebody's missing from our Discord for like a week, they're on vacation or whatever, I'm like, oh, where were mm-hmm. you? And everybody notices. Where's that person? Where have they been? It's the community that we create, but it's the connections with people in the end. You're so right about that. We're of the same mind, for sure. That's probably why we're together. We found each other. So you can find Margarita on Instagram, probably where you can find me if you're already listening to this podcast. And yeah, join our Discord, though, because it's super fun. It's all people who want to talk about the same things. They want to work on their English and their accent at the same time. So let's end with that. And I want to say thank you so much, Margarita, for coming today to record this special session.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And I will say goodbye to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you soon.
1: See you. Bye. I'll
0: see you soon. Bye-bye. If you found this episode helpful in any way, please subscribe and leave a review. It's actually really helpful to me. Now, before I go, I have two tasks for you to do. First, I want you to register and come to my free monthly masterclass. They're on the last Thursday of the month. In just one hour, you're going to master a specific American accent skill. For example, the TH sound or rhythm. The Zoom registration link actually changes each month. So the second... And maybe more important thing I want to ask you to do is to sign up for my mailing list because you're going to get the registration link each month. And you're going to get bonus materials before and after the masterclass that I only send to my email list subscribers. The email opt-in link is down in the show notes. Be sure to sign up for my mailing list and come to the monthly masterclass for free. I'm Bianca, your personal American accent coach, and I want you to know that your voice is your choice. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.